0: Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show.
1: Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. We have a midweek episode here with a national guest, as I like to do sometimes in the midweeks. This is Dave King. You are listening to the Solar Panel. Always free, always fresh, and always available on any pod forms you've got. Today, my I have a nice quid pro quo interview with Marcus Fitzgerald, a radio personality up in the Vancouver area, huge NBA fan. I've been on his show a couple of times, and now he's going to be on my show. We're going to talk about the w- race in the Western Conference. We're going to talk about the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Warriors. We start with an interview Marcus did of me on the Suns-Warriors game from Wednesday night, and then we finish with talking about contenders in the West why the Grizzlies are good, what makes them so good, and whether they're a real threat to the Suns in the West, as well as the previewing of Friday night's game. So have a listen, and I hope you enjoy it.
0: Joining us right now on Basketball Central, he is a friend of the show. You can find his work at Bright Side of the Sun. He is Dave King, and he joins us now on the program. Dave, thanks so much for doing this. How are you on this Thursday?
1: Oh, hey man, I'm doing great. The Suns ground out yet another win uh last night against the Warriors. So I can't be can't be better.
0: Well, they're sixty-two and fourteen right now, Dave. They've rolled to the best record in the league. They've done it without Chris Paul for a little while too. And here we have Devin Booker asking for flowers. I mean, are the Suns truly disrespected? <laughs> like I'm getting right into this. Are they truly disrespected? Or is this a matter of a team looking to maintain an edge in the regular season's final week and a bit here? You know, it's it's
1: quite interesting if you asked um, about other teams in the past who had nine game leads over the rest of the NBA late in the season. Uh, their fan base would probably think people weren't talking about them enough, but other fan bases would probably think they were talked about plenty. So I, I do think uh the Suns don't get talked about enough as much as the Lakers, for example, who may not even make the play-in, but that's a market thing. That the Suns are getting some of their respect. But what I thought was interesting is that last week, after Devin Booker did say, after they clinched the top seed in the playoffs and were just playing out the string. He let his guard down a little bit and he said, You know what? Now's the time for individuals for these net over the next couple of weeks, because you've got all NBA teams, all defense teams, MVP, all that being voted on by the media, who are the folks who are deciding whether to cover the Suns or care about the Suns or not. He felt they weren't getting enough recognition. There's talk that Monty Williams might not win coach of the year for the second year in a row. There's talk that Devin Booker might not make all, all NBA. There's talk that Chris Paul might not make all NBA. So there's a lot of worry there in Sunsland land that are we not getting enough respect. But what's interesting is that after Booker said that now, all of a sudden people are saying, Oh no, no. I mean, we're good. You're all NBA. In um, you know, in the, in the mainstream media talking, that booker might now all of a sudden it has the fourth best odds for mvp when he was ninth best the, the two days prior to that so it does make a difference to ask and to point it out um, especially now that the suns are are, are clinching uh, all these all these records
0: would it be easier dave if booker or chris or deandre Ayton just came out and said hey we don't care about any of that we're, we're just focused on winning a championship wouldn't that wouldn't that make this a lot easier and a lot less fun they for did us? that a year ago yeah and
1: yeah. it got him nothing it got Booker know all NBA not it got Monty Williams did not get coach of the year by the media votes it got him well it got them obviously their trip to the finals but they know they've got the trip to the finals or at least sorry the 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 top seed in the playoffs whether that works out for them or not Um, they've got that sewn up and they only have two weeks to just think about other things like I wrote uh, last week on Brightside, in the vacuum of the two weeks between now and the playoffs. There's nothing to play for. So they got to, they got to think about something, but once they get closer to the playoffs, that is all they're going to think about. And no, I don't think it will help them on the voting for those all NBA awards. It'll, it'll definitely help them for playoff seeding. you know, for, for, uh, frame of mind for the playoffs now that they have the top seed for sure. And they will refocus on that.
0: Yes. Well, getting back to Booker, I mean, when you consider how he can score the ball from the two-guard spot while also seemingly not get the love from the national pundits at times, is it a case of, like, I have a wild theory on this, is it a case of Book just not being six foot eight? Like, it almost feels like there's a height requirement (laughs) to be regarded as a transcended two-guard. I mean, do you know why that is and why it's taken so long? Because, yes, he was an all-star this year. He finally got some love last year. But why why is it taking so long? Because I feel like we should be already there, kind of like what we just talked about.
1: Yeah, I wrote a little bit about this already, too, in that it took, book five years to get a winning record Um, and uh, six years to make the playoffs. No, sorry, five years to get close to a winning record, six years to make the playoffs and seven years now. And uh, he was considered for a long time a good offense, no defense guy. He actually is playing such good defense these days. People are not noticing the Suns have the second best defense in the league. Booker is a big part of that, but because he has this reputation of not playing defense, he, it's taking people a long time to get caught up to the notion that he might actually be playing defense right now. Um, so it, it's just, a, it's a perception. Uh, that 70 point game he had as a 20 year old is almost more of an indictment than an achievement on his career. And he's still trying to live that down when he never should have had to live it down in the first place. But that's what happened because they only won 20 games.
0: And also they took that photo of him with the 70 and I'm, I'm pretty sure they lost that game too. So it's funny how things kind of, kind of hang around. And also, you know, I think Dave would played into it too, when they played that pickup game and Devin just said to Joe Kim, no, no, we're here to work on our games. No double teams. I actually think that hurt him for about a year and a half. I really did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny
1: because he had been doing, had been taking double teams for f- three years because he was the only offensive threat on the team, on the Suns, And then he still got the same stats, if not better on a better team now. uh, And he's always been able to handle the double teams. He was just pissed off that one day, but you're right. He's, he's been living with that for a while too. Back to the 70 point game. Yes, he did in a loss. You know what the lead story on ESPN was just this Sunday, Joel Embiid putting up big numbers in a loss to the Suns. But the headline was Embiid uh, 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 fills the stat sheet in loss. So we've been, we've been giving flowers to guys in losses their entire careers why is it an indictment on Booker is still a question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess that'll continue at least until, you know, the second week of June, if they can figure it out here. I mean, last night he shoots five for 21. It was a defensive battle in San Francisco. You've actually got a piece up on bright side of the sun outlining a couple of concerns that came with that. win. Uh, are they glaring issues or are we just picking nits? Like we have been all season with this team.
1: Oh, definitely picking nits, but uh, the golden state, Really got a lot of good, easy points on back cuts behind the Suns defense when they were focused on when Draymond Green was getting everyone's attention on pick and rolls and setting up Jordan Poole for shots in the same actions that Steph Curry would have been in if Curry was playing. And Poole got a career high 30, uh, 40 points, I think, in that game. And it's just incredible um how much attention that draymond green um requires and then he would just have these guys back cutting to the, to the rim and and when you spread the sun's defense out which is second best in the league but when you can spread them out and get them out of the paint especially uh deandre aden all of a sudden you can back cut for layups and that is a that's a danger for any defense but it's also it is a danger for the suns that they generally don't spring leaks like that but the Warriors found those kind of leaks. Uh, so that that's one thing to worry about. And then the Warriors' unique, seems like, ability to be able to uh, bottle up Devin Booker a little bit more than anybody else can. He's had three games against the Warriors this year. He's shooting 28%. Against the rest of the league, he's he's lighting it up. So that's interesting that how the Warriors have been able to defend him, although the Suns have won two of those three games Booker played in.
0: Well, Chris Vernon of The Ringer yesterday uh, suggested that the Suns are a team who are matchup proof, meaning there isn't a team in the West that can say they might give them some trouble. I mean, do you agree with that? Is there a lingering contender that might make them sweat? Like, I'm not asking you if there is a team that can beat them. Is there a sure. team that can make them sweat, push them to six or seven?
1: Yeah, I heard that too, Chris. Uh, that, that's a great podcast the um, this uh, the A team that can make the Suns, there's two teams that, that can make the Suns sweat the Memphis Grizzlies, if they can get you out in transition and create turnovers, because they're not really good in the half court, but they're awesome in the open court. And then of course the, uh, and they play really good defense too. And then the other team obviously is the Golden State Warriors. Now I don't think it's like building Legos where if you add Steph to the team, they would have won by 30 because Steph would have, would have scored 30 because Jordan Poole played his role and got 40. So uh, Jordan Poole wouldn't have played that role if Steph was playing. So but the Warriors are tough, like I said. They, they've got matchup um, problems for the Suns, and, and so did Memphis. But I, I do think the Suns would be still favored in those series, but those would be two of the teams that I would worry about.
0: Dave King joining us from Bright Side of the Sun and Basketball Central, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Looking back on it, are you surprised at all, Dave, that they didn't give up any ground to the other contenders in the West with Chris Paul out? I mean, what does that say about this group and where they're at?
1: That's what's incredible. Prior um great team iterations, you know, for the Suns, the Steve Nash years, the Charles Barkley years, they lost almost every game those guys were out. Suns lose Chris Paul for a month and they go 11 and 4 and they like you said extend their lead in the West. Without Devin Booker, they're 8 and 3. Without Deandre Aiden they're 18 and 3. Um they've been able to withstand losses because they have such depth and that's a real testament to J- having James Jones um uh, you know as the as the GM. But in the playoffs, you really need those top guys. And the Suns proved when Chris Paul was a little banged up in the playoffs, they had a tougher time winning and Devin Booker broke his nose. And and, uh, and DeAndre Ayton was incredible though in those play- playoffs because he was available the whole time. So it's going to be, you're going to need your best guys in the playoffs to win. Everybody needs their best guys. The best ability is availability sometimes. So that's that's what the Suns are going to need. But it is, it is awesome that they've been able to keep this incredible record despite losing almost every great player they have for at least three weeks uh, at a time this year
0: well i like how you said best ability is availability because i I think of that every single time i watch anthony davis on television for the last (laughs) two years so that's good that's one of my favorite phrases um how does this group properly stay fresh for the playoffs dave with six games left because i know they're trying to get uh, tory craig into the rotation Cameron Johnson as well, who they they've missed a little bit, but he's he's an excellent piece. So, how does Monty Williams manage all this, and and do they go deep when when they get to the playoffs? Because as we know, once you get to the postseason, rotations start to shrink a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, Monty Williams just said the other day, this team because they they reacquired Corey uh, Torrey Craig, sorry, at the trade deadline, and that's exactly when Chris Paul went down. They haven't had this rotate their their ideal playoff rotation on the court at the same time at all this year. Um, and, you know, that's picking nits again. The Suns obviously have not suffered that much from it, but they would like to have Cameron Johnson and Torrey Craig coming off the bench with campaign um, and JaVale McGee um, as, as their primary bench guys. And then of course the starters being the starters, having those guys play a couple of games together would be very helpful just before the playoffs start, So we know um, how they're going to fit. Uh, JaVale McGee though would be the only new guy over last year's team that made it to the finals in in that rotation. So it's just a matter of just watching them gel, seeing them gel a little bit. And then Monty Williams was saying, you don't want to decondition guys. What teams do a lot is they rest their best players in the final two weeks. Yeah, but all of a sudden that puts them out of shape and then they're trying to ramp it back up in the playoffs when they're playing even more minutes. That makes it hard for them. So uh, the Suns are probably not going to change a whole lot until the last two or three games of the year. And then maybe you'll see suddenly um, guys like the Efi Lumberg, who they just signed from, from uh, a, a Danish guy, they just signed over from Seska, Seska Moscow. He might show up in the last game or two just to, just to give guys a little bit of rest.
0: I'll let you out on this one, Dave. Last night was the first night that I saw video of the Suns lifting weights in the tunnel after a win. Now, I don't know if they've been doing that all season or if they've been doing it you know, just on video all season. If some team gets them in the playoffs, like beats them, uh, how excited are you for them to troll the suns with tunnel workouts? If they can win four out of seven, because I saw that last night and that was actually my first thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Chris Paul actually laughed about that in the post game media. He said, uh, the suns aren't the only team to uh, work out after wins, uh, or after, sorry, after games period. And, uh, the suns have been doing it all year. And Monty Williams commented that there's actually uh, data that says, if you lift weights after playing, you actually speed up your recovery. from playing. So I'm not sure where that comes from. That's all the, all the sports science involved. Um, But no, a lot of teams do it just very few times. Do they actually get it on camera? I'm not sure why it was suddenly relevant to put it on camera last night, Uh, but that's not a new thing for the team.
0: Well, it it sounds, sounds like a good health thing for them. Maybe not so much for us though. So we'll we'll, we'll leave (laughs) that to them, I guess. Dave, thanks so much for doing this.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Hey, let's take just a minute to talk about our friends at DraftKings. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers just bet five bucks on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do win. It's that simple they win, you win. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. That is a lot of money. Jump in there. Get involved, and you can make some money, too. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's T-B-P-N. Bet $5 on any college hoots team to win, and you'll get $200 in free bets if they do. They win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21+. plus. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, I am on with Marcus Fitzgerald. How's it going? Thank you so much for joining me, man.
0: Happy to do it, Dave. Happy to be here for the first time. Very exciting.
1: yeah, so i've I've been on your show a couple of times to talk about the suns, and now uh, we're gonna do quid pro quo. You're going to tell me what you think. So uh, i I've been covering the suns for ten years. i, I I'm very, Am en- en- enmeshed in this team mm-hmm. um, as a as a as a blogger and all that. I don't even have to pretend I'm impartial. So it's always good to get the perspective of people from outside the market and what what people outside the market think of the Suns and think about their their potential in the playoffs. The Suns are about to enter the playoffs as the number one seed. Um, it, it looks like that they're going to be favored in every series. But I wanted to get your opinion, Marcus. Um, what do you what do you think when you see the Suns? Where do you think their uh, weaknesses are? Their potential limitations are?
0: Oh boy! Well, that's that's always the toughest question, isn't it? Because what makes the Suns so impressive, Dave, is that they can win every which way. They can blow you out. They can grind you down. Uh, it doesn't matter some nights who the number one guy is. And and really, I think that's what makes a good championship team. You have to have lots of two-way players and you could put Book in that category. You could put Mikael Bridges in that category. DeAndre Ayton. I'm actually going to deviate here, Dave. I got a text from my dad probably two months ago. They were playing the Lakers in Los Angeles, okay? Like, my dad loves the game, but he doesn't watch as much as I do. All it said in the text was, Ate and dominates. Like I don't. I don't think that he knew dominating. how good DeAndre. Yeah, dominating <laughs> exactly. I don't think he knew just how good DeAndre is. So I, I think that's the hardest thing for Phoenix is that you know I don't know that they have weaknesses. I really don't, and I know that's a bad thing because when teams are like that going into the postseason, right now they're sixty-two and fourteen. They could very well finish with 68 wins. Who knows? It's almost like with teams like this, Dave, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, what's going to bother them? The thing is, the biggest thing and the biggest weakness would be they don't have enough bigs. But guess what? That was last year. This is this year, and James Jones went out and got Bismack. He got JaVale McGee. They have those guys who can bang with Giannis, who can bang with Joel Embiid, Jokic even in the second round, as they may even be on that side of the draw. Who knows? So I feel like James Jones kind of saw no pun intended light years ahead and went and got those big guys to kind of battle those those other bigs in the western conference because this is kind of the time of the big man that's what james jones knew he needed he went out and got that Mm -hmm. it would have been the easy answer but i feel like they've kind of eradicated all that and they haven't had their rotation they haven't had their full roster this is their championship to lose dave like i want to cut them down i really do but i don't know that i can they're that good (laughs)
1: Wow. You know, you know, as, as a Suns fan and all my listeners are going to be just uh, uh, overjoyed to hear these, these kind of comments, but I try to keep it a little real. I try to keep it. What could happen? Cause obviously the Suns didn't win the championship last year and we uh-huh. thought, and they went in favored in the, in the finals. Uh, And and Milwaukee figured out that, you know what, if you just overwhelm them with rebounding and Giannis driving to the hoop and and all the Suns had was DeAndre Ayton as the only deterrent for Giannis. Um, People still our own fans still came out of that series going, boy, DeAndre Ayton didn't play very well. And yet he played 41 minutes a game in that series. And the Suns were a plus for the series when Aiton was on the floor because he was able to take Giannis, even though Giannis played so well and dominated so well, it allowed the rest of the sun's defense to play against the bucks defense. And, um, they were a plus they got killed when you sat. So like you said, they've now added JaVale McGee, they've added Bismack Biombo. Um, so to hopefully at least bridge those minutes, um, that is going to be, still be a weakness though. Um, uh, Bismack and JaVale don't work that well in space as you, as we saw with the warriors on one Wednesday night, uh, when you go small against the sun's bench units, then they're stuck with well do we play Tory Craig at center who's 6 foot 8 or mm-hmm. like the like they could have in that in the in the finals but um the uh, bucks were too big but if you go small maybe you play Tory Craig at backup center uh, when eight and rests, or do you try Bismack in space? And do you f- tried to v- Javale, who was sick uh, for that game against the Warriors? But do you put? That's the danger because you can get back cuts behind those guys if you pull them out of the paint, and you can actually um, uh, drive past those guys if you're Giannis, for example, or if you're you know a bigger offensive threat than Draymond Green. Draymond chose his passing to beat them last uh, last night, and then other teams yeah. can do it. But scoring, that's my only remaining worry is when Aiden is not on the floor. Now, when Chris Paul's not out there, obviously you've got worries, but he's got, he's got, um, a little bit of redundancy with Devin Booker trying to close out. And he's got, um, with, with campaign came in and played so well when, when Paul was down, Booker has some backups. It's really my, my continuing worry is, is backups to Aiden. Um, but let me ask you. So when you've, you've seen, you've watched more of the NBA at large, you're a West coast guy, you've followed, um, obviously the California teams. Um, where, what do you see with the Warriors uh, coming out of this? Were you impressed with how they played on Wednesday night? And, and do you see that being repeatable for the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I I was, and I think it can be repeatable because all season, and we know this, Dave, like the two favorites in the Western Conference have been Phoenix and Golden State. I I think Mm -hmm. what makes this really interesting is that Golden State, if they get everybody healthy, if Draymond is truly back and Draymond and engaged and into it, there is nobody better defensively, you could argue, uh, than Draymond Green. The thing is, with the way that Dallas is playing right now, maybe Golden State gets bumped down to four or five. And then now they have to get Phoenix in round two. We get the Western Conference finals that we all wanted in the second round. That might screw something up. But even if the Warriors get to that point, like I know Steph is out, they say he's going to be back for the playoffs. But as we also know with LeBron James last year against Phoenix, ankle injuries are tricky. They are. So we don't know if they're going to get real Steph for the postseason. However, if they get all that, I think they can be good because, like we saw last night, Jordan Poole, who I really like by the way, had 38 points playing Steph's role. So if you put that next to Steph, suddenly you've got Steph scoring 25. Jordan Poole scores 17. Clay Thompson, who's pretty much all the way back, but I'm not sure he's the same two-way guy because I think he's kind of not babying the the Achilles tendon or the knee a little bit, but I just don't feel like he's 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 there just yet if you get strength in numbers, like the Warriors have always said for years, and that's kind of how the Suns are winning games too, frankly. But if mm-hmm. you get that, I feel they can be as intimidating as they have been in years past. Again, I'm not saying that Jordan Poole is Kevin Durant. He's not, obviously. <laughs> but if you get Jordan Poole out there scoring 20-22 a night, you're probably going to be in good shape. And who knows? As as a Canadian, Dave, I should say, we never know what we're going to get from Andrew Wiggins. We don't. You know, After he got named the All-Star Starter, he kind of he leveled off a little bit there. We never know what we're going to get from him. Leveled it, off? <laughs> and Cratered. I know I'm Come on. I, I know. I know. I know I'm being kind when I say that. But if, if they just get a little bit from Andrew Wiggins, even that yeah. can help too. Now, the other thing too, uh, Gary Payton II, the, the mitten, has defended Devin Booker quite well over the course of the season. The problem is yeah. you don't want him out there for his offense. So how does Steve Kerr manage that rotation. That's going to be the biggest question with Golden State. And we thought that as soon as Clay came back anyway, but that's going to be the big question for Steve Kerr. I think they can get there. They've just got some things they need to figure out in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, The the Golden State uh, conundrum is definitely a conundrum. There are ways that Golden State can beat the Suns. They proved it. They won on Christmas when both teams were uh, kind of healthy because, you know, the Clay we've seen this year would not have helped them on Christmas. In fact, might've hurt them on Christmas. So actually Mm -hmm. that was like the best iteration so far of the Warriors. Could they get better? Sure. Um, If clay becomes clay again. Uh, And that may, that may happen in the playoffs. It might just turn on, turn it on. And then all of a sudden, Oh, we have an avalanche. Um, Then, then that is always scary. But I do think the Warriors do have some, um, some weaknesses, obviously. And, and as Devin Booker put it, after the Suns beat the Lakers the other day, when Anthony Davis get, got, came out pregame and guaranteed they would have won there in the first round the year before if he had <laughs> yeah. been healthy, um, oh, Devin Booker's comment was: "If ifs were a fifth, we'd all be drunk." So <laughs> I mean, if if ifs were a fifth, if 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 Golden State can get all healthy and play their best ball and incorporate everybody at the same time. They could be a gen a big threat to the Suns, so and that would be my biggest. What do you think about Memphis as as a as a challenger for the uh, to win the Western Conference?
0: Well, they're certainly a challenger. I mean, uh, these two teams play on Friday night, I believe, and and yeah. obviously it's very impressive that there's something. what, what is it? Nineteen and two without John. Nineteen and in, two in in the lineup, and and I think the biggest thing with with Memphis, Dave, is that. They're young guys for the most part who, and we always say this, doesn't matter what league it is, oh, they're they're young guys. They don't know any better. They just go out and play and they win. That's kind of where Memphis is at, but there's just, and and I almost hate to use the word culture, but the culture in Memphis is really good, and you've got job yep. at the forefront of that as, as the leader, as the star. I just really like what they built there. And, you know, as a guy, as a Vancouver guy, I'm actually wearing – like your listeners won't be able to see this. This is a Sharif T-shirt that I'm wearing. Oh yeah, from.
1: man! Back when um, it was the Vancouver Grizzlies,
0: exactly, exactly. I'm a Vancouver Grizzlies guy. I don't know that there's a lot of Memphis Grizzlies fans in Vancouver, but we're certainly paying attention, and we're certainly wishing <laughs> that the Grizzlies were still here, at least this iteration. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, but they're, they're very, very impressive. And I mean, Desmond Bain is is really good. Like I watched the game they had against the Nets. Uh, last week. They didn't have job for that game. Yeah. Kyrie scored 40. Yeah. Durant had 35, but it's like, I like, I watched that game and I thought, I didn't know that Desmond Bain was this good. Like right. who knew, like who knew if you hired... know,
1: I mean, exactly. draft Knicks will say they knew, but they didn't know he'd be this good. Even his fans yeah. didn't know he'd be this good.
0: Who knew if you just hire a bunch of analytics nerds and draft, well, you can build a pretty good team. It, it's pretty simple, Dave. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's pretty simple, but yes, these guys can be good. I just worry that you know, the Grizzlies are that team where, well, they haven't done it yet, so we don't trust them. If they do it this year, then we can talk about them as, yeah. you know, in a way they're kind of like last year's sons where it's like, oh, OK, Chris Paul's there. That's cool. But we need to see them do it. I feel like that's where the Grizzlies are at. Can they get to the conference finals? Sure. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But it's one of those things where, OK, you're cool. You're fun to watch. You're that that sexy team that everyone's excited about. But we need to see you get there first. I think they can. but We need to see them do it.
1: Yeah, so would you put them um, uh, second, third in, in the conference? You know, where would you put them as far as the likelihood to win the conference?
0: Uh, winning the conference, obviously, they they're not going to surpass Phoenix. However, I, I I think they're number two with the bullet. I, I think when you look at the Warriors' schedule and you consider. Uh, you know, the Steph injury. I think the Warriors right now are just focused on getting healthy and getting in because they have the playoff battle scars. They have the championship mm-hmm. pedigree, and they know that if Steph is healthy and Draymond's fully engaged and Clay is ready to play on the defensive end like he has been in years past, doesn't matter who we face, we can be fine because we won championships with this formula without Kevin Durant, by the way. With the Grizzlies, I feel because they're that team, like I said, who we haven't seen it from yet, I feel like the Grizzlies are on more of a mission in the sense of it's the regular season. There's two weeks left, but we need to prove things. And I think that's why going into this game Friday night, yeah, the Suns are going to take it seriously, of course. But I think for the Grizzlies, even without Jaw going into this game on Friday, they're going to be really ramped up for that one because I think they're that proverbial young team that still has to show everyone that we're here to play, take us seriously. I think they're number two with a bullet, as impressive as Dallas has been. I think they're number two. And then after that, it's everybody else.
1: All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Solar Panel. That was Marcus Fitzgerald. You can find him on radio in Vancouver, obviously, that streams online. Find me at DaveKingNBA on Twitter and at brightsideofthesun.com for all my writing, as well as this podcast. See you around soon. Rate, subscribe, review. I really appreciate you guys tuning into this, and I can't wait to have another episode this Saturday morning.